podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Very warm welcome to today's Barclays Premier League match between Liverpool and Newcastle United. OK, so tonight we're uh, delighted to be joined on our first uh, interview podcast by uh, the voice of Anfield, George Sefton. Um, so first of all, thank you very much, George, for coming on. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Great, great. Always uh, love to talk to my friends in Ireland. <laughs> well, we appreciate it. And, and people will know those dulcet tones of yours from, uh, from being at the games as well. So, uh, oh, yes. Well, listen, no hiding place. No, there isn't. There isn't. Not when you're on that tonneau in front of 45 or <laughs> now 50 odd thousand people at this stage. Um, yeah. So, George, listen, I suppose there's lots of people who, who may know your background and may know the, the story behind it. But I'm sure there's tons that don't as well so that's why we wanted to have a chat with you tonight maybe just get a everybody knows the voice but maybe they don't know the man or uh, yeah. or, or the background to it so um i suppose that, that i'm sure you've been asked this millions of times but what was it that drew you to the role that you're currently in because it was what 1971 or somewhere it there? was yeah um, yeah well but basically it was my uh, my dear wife we were at a match uh in i think it was april 71 and the guy on the PA then had made a few uh, bloomers during right. his his tie, short time there. And I was there with my wife one night, and he uh, he said something very silly over the the PA. And I, I said to my wife, "This guy's embarrassing, isn't he?" And she looked at me and said, "Well, it's all very well for you standing down here, but you couldn't do that any better." <laughs> and, and I took up the challenge for some reason. I've never. Whatever possessed me, I went home and there was a very nice letter to Peter Robinson, who at the time was the club secretary, which yeah. was basically the equivalent of the CEO in those days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and the, the, the letter was very long and uh, polite and persuasive. It basically it boiled down to, I can do that because a job. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the next thing I know, I have a letter to Peter Robinson, please come and see me. And that was obviously the first time I'd ever set foot inside Anfield, you know, inside the building, the offices and whatever. Because yeah, yeah. um, as a boy, I used to stand uh, 
hanging around outside the players' entrance and watching the comings and goings and all the rest of it. Never for one minute thinking that one day I'd actually go through the those illustrious doors. And yeah. uh, Peter decided that uh, I didn't have two heads and maybe I could keep my head in a crisis. And uh, they just got rid of this guy and they decided to give me a go. Oh, brilliant. And that's that's how it ended. Have you ever spoken to the bloke who uh, who got the chop for you since? Uh, no, no. Okay. Um, I've, I've never ever come into contact with him. Yeah, he probably. And I probably wouldn't want to now. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, he probably got a job over. He got a job over in Goodison, probably. <laughs> uh, no, he hasn't. Because I know, uh, I know, I know all the people who had the job at Goodison uh, over the years. I've been contacts of mine so I, I know I'd, uh, but I've just never bumped into him since I keep hearing stories about you know who you related to somebody and he was yeah. standing and all the rest of it but not my problem I'm no. afraid I just carried on yeah listen you have to look after yourself in, in life and uh, turns out oh, it yes. was it turns out the, the missus giving you a bit of mocking that night was uh, was well worth it um, yes what was it a full time job I'm assuming it wasn't a full time job back in those days so like no it, it, it's never been a full time job it's, right. um, it's a one day a week job or you know two days when we're in Europe and playing midweek yeah. uh, I know a lot of people think I work at the club full time Right. And I don't because I keep getting messages asking me to get all, all the players' autographs when the next time I'm at Melwood, right. that sort of thing. Yeah. I just I haven't been in Melwood for about God, 15 years, I don't think. Right, okay. the, um, it's not my patch. I mean, the way the club is nowadays, it's spread out everywhere. You know, the, the stadium is the stadium where, where they've got the museum and the tours and a couple of offices and the, the store of course mm-hmm. uh, Melwood is where all the, the action happens with the players and then downtown in Chapel Street they've got the offices and the LFC TV studios so I, my brief is to turn up match day and wander into my room in the centenary stand and get on with it but other than that our paths never cross and it's, it's a very odd situation because people think uh, well, they always have done. You know, oh, George goes in the front door at Liverpool. Uh, he obviously gets a hundred thousand pounds a week, <laughs> and, and and all the free tickets he can get his hands on. That's just not the case. That's terrible, all. George. We we know you yeah. only get fifty grand a week. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Yeah, no. I, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. No. With all due respect, I'd be uh, I'd be somewhere sunny if I did. No, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Um, right. So I suppose over the years, you know, you, you've said there as a boy. Um, you were a massive red. You were hanging around looking to try and get the players' yeah. autographs. You probably thought, as a kid, you were going to hopefully end up on the pitch, not up in the gantry. But, but uh, well, you know, but but like that, th- th- these things have a funny way of transpiring, and and you've become an integral part of of the club. Seen seen well, down, yeah, seen down so many it, people in that time. Well, that, that's that's the thing. I mean, I've been there so long. Um, People get very twitchy when I'm I'm not there, yeah. uh, which doesn't happen very often. I mean, I've missed one game in the last let me see, twenty four years. Christ, uh, and that was because my son got married down in Crawley and uh, in the football season. Yeah, I've never forgiven him for what that. What a terrible but, fella uh, he is, eh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he he did give me twelve months' notice. Yeah, but um, and I was when the fixtures came out that year in two thousand and eight. I think it was the we um, we were 
keeping our fingers crossed that Liverpool would be playing away that weekend, yeah. and they weren't. Ah. Or maybe I thought if they're playing United or Chelsea, some of the switch for TV the game will be moved to a Sunday, yeah. but it wasn't. We played Wigan at home, and uh, I missed it, well. and uh, I had to stand in. Well, no, during the wedding reception, my other son, who had his phone turned on, started getting these hysterical messages from his friends who were at the match saying, where's your dad? What's happened to his dad? Is he okay? Is he ill? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah is he ill? Is he... Um, the rumours did spread. By the time I got home, the local, <laughs> the, one of the chat sites on the local newspaper, uh, I think it actually put it out I was dead. Put, yeah, they had but, you in The Undertakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's happened twice and I've been pronounced dead by the media. It's... Ah. Uh, the third, I just hope it's not third time lucky. <laughs> <laughs> the media are good like that, aren't they? Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, what, 40, 46 years um, uh, d- doing the job, and, and obviously yeah. c- countless years before that, um, you know, in, in the stadium, just watching games as a fan like the rest yeah, of yeah. us. What's your, what's your favourite Anfield moment? What, what, what's, or, you know, you've had so many, and you've seen the absolute pinnacle <sighs> of, of this club over those years. Yeah. What's, what's the one that stands out for you? Well, all in all, in the time I've been working, I think the Chelsea semi-final in 2005, not just because we won it, um, but the atmosphere I still maintain was the best ever. And because people forget now that we've been out of Europe for a long time after the Heysel disaster. Yeah. And... um, I was desperate for us to get back in the Champions League final um, because I thought it'd never happen again. And the fact that we we got in the back in the Champions League final was just such a landmark in my life. It was just such a turning point for the club, and um, that was what made it so special. And the fact that we put one over Jose Mourinho, of course. <laughs> yeah, there is that. But it must have been, you know, things coming full circle. For a man who saw us, you know, eat and sleep European football for yeah, years yeah. upon years, and then for obviously the, the terrible tragedy that was Heisel and the ban comes, and then Liverpool yeah. unfortunately starts their, their rapid decline. Um, to, see it, to see it come full circle and be there for that game yeah. must have been incredible. Fantastic, fantastic. Although I have to say, I wasn't actually in Istanbul. You weren't. They, I wasn't. Somehow there was um, a few weeks of people trying to avoid me, and I ended up I didn't get a ticket, oh. uh, which is something I, you know, I'm still angry about. But yeah, don't um, blame you. Such is life. Um, yeah. You know, well, I, uh, I enjoyed it. I was sat. I was sat, my wife and I were sat in front of the TV, and we. Uh, you know, I mean, I nearly had a heart attack during extra time yeah. and the penalty shootout then, so it was probably just as well I wasn't in Istanbul. So. <laughs> she might never have got you back. <laughs> no, no. And and listen, I suppose you've got to look at the opposite side of things as well. You've, you've had your, your, your favourite Anfield moment, which is the, the semi-final, the Luis Garcia yeah. goal. What, what's, what's the worst one? You know, you, can you think back of a time where you really thought this is the lowest of the low? Is it... Yeah, I mean, nothing disastrous. I mean, stupid little things like um, oh, the other scoreboard dying on me and, and things like that. And then, and then once or twice I've made I've made a couple of bloomers, not very many, but just once in a while I'll uh, do something silly and it, it's 
Um, it, it's it's a nerve-wracking adventure nowadays. It's such everything is that happens before the match and during halftime now is timed and scheduled and monitored. So it's um, it's a nerve-wracking process just going through the preamble to a match. Although I, I keep saying to people, a lot of people I know think that I turn up ten minutes before kickoff. Play you never <laughs> walk alone. Put me in my feet up and I. I said, no, I've been playing music for two hours before the game. Yeah. You yeah. um, know, and... Um, You're there to you know, G that, up the that, crowd, aren't you, really? Like, that's... Well, that's... You, you try your best, but it, it's very... It's much more difficult nowadays because... Years, I mean, when I first started, some of the big games against Leeds, for instance, mm. the place would be heaving by about two and a half hours before kickoff. Really? But nowadays, everybody, if you think about it, everybody who comes to the game has got um, a ticket with a row and seat number on, and they know they're going to get in. Yeah. So they really don't have to panic. And they, they go and have a couple of drinks and uh, something to eat in one of the lounges or the pubs, clubs, and hotels around the area, and they wander in. Uh, five five to three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It was a great atmosphere outside the ground. Yeah. You know, in the family park and and all these new uh, street food stalls and whatever, the atmosphere is is, is great. No, it is. But, you know, we, it needs to get going a lot earlier inside the ground. And uh, I don't know the answer to that one. Well, he, well, here's a question for you. Um, and listen, you you may not want to answer it, but would a return to safe standing on the cop help with that? Do you think, in the sense that? It, you know, it, it, I think. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I think it probably would. I mean, to be honest, I was dead set against it recently, uh, up until recently. But hmm. uh, I know I speak to a lot of the Hillsborough families and relatives and survivors and whatever. But somebody, one of them, said to me something very sensible recently. He said it. It wasn't the fact that we people were standing at Hillsborough. Hmm. It was the fact that the standing was mismanaged. Yeah. Now, if we can guarantee that uh, safe standing can be brought back and um, hand on their heart, there's no way on planet Earth that anybody's going to suffer because of it. Mm. Well, so be it. But my attitude is quite simple. When the Hillsborough families come out and say publicly, that's okay by us, I'll say, well, that's okay by me. Because my attitude is they're the ones in the driving seat. If it they, if it's going to upset them, forget it. Yeah, yeah. I know, I'm sure it'll happen one day, but, you know, when that day will come, I don't really know. Yeah, and, and I've always wondered whether the club will decide to be one of the, I suppose, um, front runners, or whether they'll hang yeah. back, or whether they'll hang back and say, "I, I think they'll they'd have to hang back." Yeah, hang back. As you say, unless they get the nod from the families who say, yeah. as you say, there it wasn't the fact that there was standing. You know, you put a few thousand too many people into any area of a of a stadium, yeah. whether it's seated or standing. That's a massive hazard, and and and, and accidents exactly. and and tragedies can happen. So, yeah, I, like, I, I must admit, I'm you know, I mean, I'm uh, I know I'm lucky. And I know I've been uh, spoiled over all the years because I've got my own little room with a seat in it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like, you know, I mean, I know I'm cracking on now, but I've always preferred to sit and watch football. Yeah. I know there are people who prefer to stand and watch football. 
Uh, I, I got a fright uh, May last year when we went to Wembley and played Manchester <laughs> City in the, the League Cup final. I, I That was the first time I'd been in the new Wembley because my name came up in the the, uh, the the draw between all the part-timers for tickets. And I got a ticket. Right. And uh, I'm sitting in Wembley Stadium there and kickoff comes and everybody's still standing up. And I think, well, the match has started. Why are you still standing up? <laughs> and of course, that's that's the way of the world. And I thought that was a complete shock to me. I know yeah. it shouldn't have been. But I was I had my eyes open that day. But I was exhausted by the time we got out of there. <laughs> um, not, not just the nervous exhaustion from watching a penalty shootout go wrong, but standing for two that, and a half hours, you know, yeah. standing for uh, <laughs> you know, all that time, it was it was uh, it was amazing. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I've over looking back, of course, I suddenly realised that I'm I'm used to sitting. I've got to, I've got to sit where where my little room is because I've got. Two keyboards there. I've got a CD deck, and then I've got the computer that operates the scoreboard. So yeah. I've, I'm basically I'm sitting at my desk in my office for the duration of uh, the other match at Anfield. I'm, I've uh, I've got no other choice, and uh, what's, that's what's the way the, I'm, I'm, I operate. What's the view like from 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 your seat? Have you have you got it? One of the best seats in the house, do you reckon? Uh, no, no, because. The way it's it's built, you know where my little room is in the corner of the uh, so the match control room. Yeah, is centenary stand. Well, when I knew I was moving over there, which was 1999, I think I I assumed that my little room would be at an angle so I could see the whole pitch. Yeah, but what I can actually see is about two thirds of the pitch. I can't see the Anfield Road end goal without standing up. Oh, really? Or running around uh, quite often. Um, I'm watching a TV monitor when the ball gets in the other end. Ah, okay. Uh, but I, I'm told that uh, that room is being gutted during the close season. So I'm hoping that when I get back there uh, in August, I'll have a brand shiny new uh, curved window or something. I'll be able to see the whole ground, well, George, uh, which will make life a lot easier. We'll have to start a little online petition. Start start petitioning the uh, <laughs> okay. the owners for you. G- give George a view. That that'll be the that'll yeah. be the hashtag. Um, and in in terms of the you know you've seen, I, I was talking to you about moments, uh, good and bad, in the time yeah. that you've that you've been um, in, in your role. What for you is the best team? You know, let, let's take even um, the, the fact that a team won a, a trophy or didn't win a trophy, because that can be marginal. You know what I mean? The, 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 there can be such a small amount of detail between whether you win a league or you finish second or yeah, you win a cup. What's the best well, team the, that you can remember? The, well, the, the team that won the treble in 84 yeah. uh, were just out of this world. And I know the following beginning of the following season, I remember turning up to Anfield for them, a first match. And the place was so quiet. And then I said to somebody, people are turning up today thinking, well, we've won everything now. Yeah. You know, and it was like going to see the mousetrap. And if you went to see it five or six times, you knew who who did the murder in the end. <laughs> and there was not an awful lot of point in going back because we thought we knew what was going to happen at the end of the season because Liverpool were so far so far above everybody else, you know, in in the league, probably the best team in Europe at the time. Yeah, uh, and you know, everything fell together. You know, if you look at, go back through the team, 
we had so many stars and everything fell into you know to perspective after all the the jewels of the duos sorry that you know the Hansen and Lonson at the back and you know the you know, Rushy and Dalgleish up front and all the way through the team. Yeah. Um you know, everything clicked into place. Everybody we had was the probably the best in their position uh anywhere at the time and the ones that weren't they they, they fitted in with the team and we it was just an absolute joy to watch. Was, uh so I I think I think they you know, they probably were the best team. It was probably a team of of um, superstars, but not allowed to behave like superstars as well. That's which so. Well, they wouldn't. They just, they just wouldn't happen in those days. Yeah. But if anybody tried, you know, acting above his station, Bob Paisley had slapped them down very quickly. <laughs> no, no better uh, man. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. That was that was his skill. Bob Paisley was, you know, such a clever man for for such a quiet man. You know, he he just he was. He is far and away the best manager I've seen in my, you know, in anywhere in this country. All the time I've been connected with football. I mean, Shanks set the ball rolling, but Bob was the master tactician and the, uh, you know, the clever one. His, his knowledge of football was unbelievable. It, it really was. He was out of this world. And what, what but, would uh, what would you say? Uh, you know, obviously, football has changed. It's not the same sport nearly that it was in the seventies, in the oh, sense no. of, of of how things have evolved. But let's let's take Liverpool as a club for somebody who's been around so long. You know, what 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 are the things that you've really seen change in that time? Is it is it a less of a, a family? Because you always hear everybody talking about, even to this day, the fact that it's quite a family kind of atmosphere. Um, but I can yeah. I can only imagine it was it was a far closer knit group because it was a much smaller staff. Um, and everybody was in in the same sort of quarters compared to it being a global brand now. What, what, well, what well that's, that's the thing. It's, you just said the magic word. We're a brand now. We're not a football club. Yeah. Um, which worries me slightly. But I I've been hoping against hope that when the new stadium gets completed, there'll be a, there'll be room for a lot of new fans because the problem we've got at the moment is you see over and over again on, on social media and in the newspapers um, dads complaining they can't afford to take their, their sons and daughters to the, the football match because it's so expensive now. Mm. Um, I, I think you know, the, the pricing is probably counterproductive in as much as you know, those people who want to bring their kids can't get in anymore. I'm not advocating a return to the boys' pen, but there must be something. There must be an answer somewhere. I mean, I think at the moment the laws of supply and demand dictate that the place is packed every week. Yeah. The people who are quite happy to pay money, um, you know, that they can afford. But if if there's another recession, for instance, or if Liverpool go off the boil, for instance, or something along those lines, yeah, maybe that will calm down a bit, and maybe uh, the marketing men will have to get their thinking caps on. And I know they uh, they do do a lot of, as you say, family friendly stuff like this fun park outside the ground, but we want to get, we really need to get. The uh, you know the the next generation of fans on board and going to the match every week. Yeah, absolutely. Coming home thinking, wow, that was great. 
Yeah, there's like there's a couple of things that I have thoughts on it, and I suppose an expansion I think nearly benefits the day trippers like us, and hence hence yeah. where our name comes from the podcast. But you know, it yeah. really does benefit the day trippers more so than um, locals, and and yeah. you know, the reason I say that is because for us we go over anywhere between you know two and ten times a season depending on your personal yeah. circumstances it's much easier mm-hmm. for us to afford a couple of if we're going to pay for flights we're going to pay for accommodation whatever it might be yeah. paying paying 80 pounds for a ticket or 50 pounds for a ticket really is an insignificant amount when you factor in the overall cost of your trip um yeah. so, so the club benefits from that whereas a local fan or even not a local fan but somebody who's driving an hour or two up every weekend or every second yeah. weekend to, for them to bring their kid the problem is the transfer fees now N- nothing in football is slowing down it's just going in uh-huh. one direction and therefore yeah. ticket prices it would be very hard to think that they will the only way I could see it going the opposite way is if it nearly takes a similar approach to music a lot of bands nowadays don't make their money from their album sales they don't make their money from they're, – they're less worried about people downloading their music now because that's not yeah. where the money's made. Their money is made on big stadium tours. So unle- right. unless the club can figure out a way to make going to the game the cheaper option and then start charging more money for other alternative um, elements of, of being a fan and, and if people buy into yeah. that, that, that could be an option. That's a very good point, actually. Yes, there must be – as I say, there must be an answer. If I if I knew the, the answer, I'd uh, – I'll be a millionaire, but yeah. I don't, and I'm not. You'd be full time, George. You wouldn't be part time. <laughs> I would. I would. I would. <laughs> You'd yeah. be up in that boardroom. Uh, no, listen, that's that's fair enough. Um, and what are your thoughts for the season ahead? Because obviously, you you, you know, we, we're all we all have great hopes, and 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 we're all looking forward yeah. to the season ahead. What are your thoughts? What yeah. and what are your expectations? Well, at the moment, I don't. I genuinely don't know. I've been saying for. Uh, months and months that what we were short of in the team uh, were two things one was muscle yeah, and the other thing was uh, a scouse heart to the team mm. because there's nobody we've got no Liverpool born players you know, in the first team at the moment I'm glad to see John Flanagan to come back I think he he's worth a run out and I'm still, you know, saying my prayers every night that we go and get Virgil Van Dijk, mm. because when I, having watched him play a few times, you know, for Celtic and then Southampton, I think he's the answer to a maiden's prayer. He's big, he's strong, he takes no prisoners, and he he can play the you know football. He's quick That's, as well. Yeah, he's he's amazing. He's got absolutely everything. He's the Football's answer to Hussein Bolt, he really is. <laughs> well, um, you, you need that. I know, in, you need that in our defence for the way we play. We play we such do, a high line. Need, yeah, yeah. We just we just need a, a you know somebody in the middle. I mean, Graham Souness used to be the one. Mm. You know, he. I mean, you speak to players who played alongside him, and they they idolised him because you know he was he was running the show. Mm. As soon as he got on the pitch, he was in charge, and. Uh, he took no. He took no prisoners either. He was, he was one great guy to have on your side, and I'm sure Van Dyke will be the same. I hope the deal hasn't collapsed altogether. Yeah. And um, this guy, you know, Naby Keita from Leipzig, he he keep reading different things on social media and on the the rumor mill. Yeah. Um, you don't know who to um, believe. The, the last I well, yeah, the last 
I, I can't believe that a club like Leipzig are going to turn down uh, you know, 100 million euro. That's what it takes. Yeah. And if that's what it takes, so be it. And people say, oh, we can't be spending all that money. Yes, we can. And mm. um, part from anything else, it'll make a statement to the rest of the the Premier League um, in the same way that uh, Kenny did when he was at uh, when he was at Blackburn and he he bought he started buying in the big names, you know, uh, Sutton and Shearer and whatever. Yeah, yeah he went. And then the same way that Kevin Keegan did when he he paid all that money for Alan Shearer to take him up to Newcastle. Yeah, it was a massive. He was fifteen million pounds back then was colossal was, money. I think it was unbelievable. I think I Stan Collymore was the was. Yeah. I think that was the record that was broken. I could be wrong on that, but I think yeah. our, our eight and a half million for Collymore might have been what yeah. was broken for that. Yeah, yeah, but you, you see, I mean, it's just pure psychology, and that if if we go out and spend all that money on a player. Um, I mean, it's it's a lot of money to spend, but I'm sure a we've got it, and b it'd be worth it if we, you know, to, you know, just to get us through the group stages of the Champions League, mm. they'll make their money back in spades. Yeah. Um. So, uh, so why not? Uh, and then that team with the, you know, with those guys in in the middle of what we've already got, which is nearly nearly a top class team. Yeah, I think we'll be well, not invincible, but we'll certainly be, you know, a damn sight closer to the top than we have been in the last couple of years. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, Jürgen's got you know, Jürgen. I think is wonderful if he I mean, if he's got the tools with which to work. I reckon he'll he'll work ones with that team. Yeah, no, I think so too, and I think I think we've got the best manager we could possibly ask for for the group, for the club that we are, and for the way we want to see as fans yeah. for the way we want to see our club run, um, and it is nice to see Jurgen actually hopefully being backed because it's something that probably didn't happen enough in in no. Dortmund for him, um, and, no. and now he's getting the chance to actually identify players, and hopefully we go and we go and we bring those players in because pe- some people forget we've had three windows. Whereby we've had zero spend, like you know, in terms of it actually coming out of the yeah. out of the coffers. We last summer we we made a profit and we two transfer windows in the winter um, where we yeah. didn't buy anybody. So there should there should be money there. But no, listen. So so sure there is. prediction for where we finish. Well, given these transfers going our way, I can see us being champions. I mean, I, I'm. I subscribe to the Shankly view that first is first and second is nowhere. Yeah. Uh, I know people were very pleased we got to fourth last year. I wasn't pleased. Mm. I, th- I thought we were three positions behind where we should be. We'd, we've got out of the habit of being champions. Yeah. Uh, which is not the Liverpool way. We, you know, that's, what did, what's the saying? Liverpool were made to win trophies. And that, that's what I'll be very, very surprised that we don't have some silverware in the cupboard by this time next year. I really do. I mean, you can guarantee that sometime in the season we're going to come up against Celtic and or um, Lazio. You know, because having uh, seen poor Lucas Leiva go to Lazio this last week and uh, watching Celtic charging their way through the qualifiers to get in 
to the Champions League group stage. You wouldn't bet against Brendan Rodgers paying us a visit, would you? Yeah, absolutely. It'd be nice to see him back. You know, I think there's, yeah. uh, you know, maybe his time was up when he went, but um, I think there's a lot of people who respect the the time and effort he put in when he was there. So hopefully uh, that would be nice to see. And listen, last question for you, George, because I don't want to take up too much of your evening. Um, right. What's your favourite tune to get the crowd going before the match? What's What's your go-to oh. tune? Well, I mean, I can't go for one. There's a couple. Ring of Fire still gets them going. Yeah. Um, Three Little Birds by Bob Marley is another one. Oh, yeah? That comes and goes. And Hearts as Big as Liverpool by Pete Wiley still gets them all going. Although it's it's a ballad, really. It still, it seems to get the the guys going. Although, one thing I must say that I find that if I pick one of those three or maybe one of half a dozen regulars, the crowd will subsequently start singing another one. <laughs> and one the one I haven't brought the C D for that week. They they they're wonderful at cop. They just they you know, they're they're trying to drive me around the bend. <laughs> they're intuitive. They're, they're intuitive as to what you yeah. don't have with Oh you. <laughs> yes. But I mean I keep saying it at all people once in a while email me and say, I don't like that rubbish you played before the match. And I'll say to them, well, what would you like me to play? And I very rarely get a straight answer to that. Yeah, it's you know, um, but, but Which is crazy because if if people nominate stuff, I'll, more often than not, I'll drag it out and play it. Yeah. If, if it's, uh, unless it's going to get me arrested. I've, no, I've <laughs> People have tried to set me up before now with the, uh, things that have double meanings but yeah you've learned to have a listen to it in the car beforehand now have you oh yes well, <laughs> I, mean, I i regularly i'm on the way to the the match i'm regularly listening to my playlist yeah uh, on a cd just you know to rattle through and make sure i've got everything and yeah the one thing about re- being retired from full-time work which i luckily am is that i have a lot of time between games to uh prep to, to well to to think about what I'm playing next and and I'll hear something on the radio or something will crop up uh, that I've never heard before or somebody will send me a message saying have you seen this or have you heard this or have you seen this video and I'll listen I think wow that's good I like that 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 fits in nicely um, and I'll I'll download it and put it onto the playlist so I'm. I'm open to offers. I'm the easiest guy to get hold of in Western Europe. I don't. Th- <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's that's brilliant. And, and for anybody that's listening, they can they can drop you a message and make some uh, make some suggestions if they want to hear something yeah. the next game they're going to. Absolutely, George. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really, really appreciate your time. Maybe we can uh, pick up on no stuff problem. and have another chat with you in the future. Um, and, Feel and free from from all of the lads here at the at the day trippers. We we really do appreciate it, and, and thank you very much. And from me, I'd be. Uh, Hope you have a good season and yeah. uh, several day trips. Absolutely, we well we're, we're planning one in the first uh, in the first few weeks of the season. So uh, okay, we'll need to work Give our way the from there. I will indeed. Thank you very much, Lovely. George. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Coles has the lowest prices of the season, and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for five ninety nine, a cute swimsuit for myself for seventeen ninety nine. And a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash, too. And I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So, yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details.
At Capella University, education is as smart as the world around us. With the FlexPath format, you can take classes at your own pace, set your own deadlines, and even leverage your previous experience to move faster. Now that's smart. Learn more at capella.edu. Sports Social Podcast Network.